This is an RNZ podcast. Right now it's company reporting season and lately how media companies have been posting their annual results and for those listed on the NZX, also explaining their performance and signposting their plans to investors. Stuff, the publisher of most of this country's papers and the most viewed news website, reported a rise of 3% in its revenue on the previous half-year period. But revenue from advertising dropped 10% for the half-year compared with the same period a year ago. These days, Stuff is owned by Australian media company Nine, which confirmed last week that it wants to sell Stuff in New Zealand. And last Tuesday, the chief executive of the New Zealand Herald's owner, NZME, confirmed that it still wants to take over its major rival in newspapers and online news, a media mega-merger that was first proposed in 2017. But that's in spite of the fact that the Commerce Commission and the courts have said no to a merger since then. Chief Executive Michael Boggs told investors on Tuesday that NZME still wants to tweak the deal by promising to keep existing papers open and their journalists employed for at least a couple of years, and he's hoping the government will give that a green light. We continue to progress hard on it. You know, we're pleased with the commentary that we had pre-Christmas and uh, you know, pushing hard, and uh, you know, we don't think we'll be too far away uh, in the coming weeks to be able to say more. And pursuing this as a corporate priority for Chief Executive Michael Boggs, or Boggsy to his friends, like Heather Duplessy-Allen, the drive-time host on NZME's talk network, News Talk ZB. Boggsy, hello. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, why do you think you are, or NZME, is the right owner for Stuff? Well, fundamentally, we know that Stuff's owner, Nine, wants to sell them. Uh, and that's been for some time. We have an absolute commitment uh, to New Zealand around journalism. It's a really important part of what we produce, and it's journalism and broadcasting, just like you're doing here. And so that's not something we want to go to waste, that stuff business. But Michael Boggs' main task last Tuesday, though, was to reveal NZME's latest annual results. Another decline in revenue from newspapers, alongside modest upturns in digital and online advertising, and a welcome upswing in revenue from its many radio stations. NZME is one of two big players in commercial radio in this country, with about half of New Zealand's radio stations in its portfolio. And the radio revenue, incidentally, is now greater than the income from its newspapers, a sign of the media times there. Michael Boggs on Tuesday also revealed that 21,000 people were now paying for the Herald's premium content through a digital subscription, and those were launched in April last year when the New Zealand Herald stopped making all its news and journalism available for free online. Michael Boggs said that the $1.7 million this has brought in so far has exceeded expectations and that money will be used to support the company's journalism and news. And Michael Boggs told investors in a special briefing online... It was not all about the money. An unexpected impact of the launch of Premium is the focus it has brought to the value that New Zealand has put on quality journalism. New Zealand Herald Premium has proven that New Zealanders will pay for high-quality content. We take to heart in the fact that over 35% of our Premium subscribers are on annual subscriptions. 2020 will continue to see us focus on growing digital Premium content and subscriptions and increasing digital advertising revenue. But NZME's Michael Boggs isn't the only media boss these days hoping that more New Zealanders are now willing to pay for their journalism online. If you've been in or around Auckland lately, you might have seen a Rolls-Royce towing a big billboard-laden trailer with the words, follow the money on it in huge letters. And you might have wondered, 
What's the story there? Well, the Business and Economics News Service Business Desk was certainly interested. It posted several photos of the cryptic car without explanation. But it turns out that was all a stunt executed by an ad agency on Business Desk's behalf. Because in Auckland on Wednesday, it held a do to let people know that instead of just selling business news and commentary to the rest of the media, Business Desk is now trying to turn individuals in business into customers. Since Business Desk opened for business in 2008, it's been a newswire supplying other media. But now it's an online-based news service seeking subscribers who are willing to part with just under $250 a year each for 10 to 20 original stories a day. But supplying business news this way is a tricky business. The Herald's digital subscribers get a broader range of content for their money, and NZME can promote their subscriptions heavily in their papers, their websites and their radio stations. And the National Business Review, which has been in the market for decades, already offers digital subscriptions, and it's trying to move its customers away from its shrinking weekly print edition over to the online alternative. So this week I asked Business Desk founder Patrick Smelly, what can Business Desk offer that others online can't to digital subscribers? Well, Business Desk has been going for about 12 years. We got going in 2008. Uh, and for the first probably eight or nine years of our existence, that wire service uh, model worked quite well for us. We were, uh, but as time went on, the, uh, the number of potential customers in New Zealand to resell a wire service of republication just started to fall away. Yahoo! Uh, used to take our whole feed um, when they were uh, Telecom or Sparks. Uh, when AAP was in New Zealand, they ran a newswire for New Zealand. We supplied all of their business news for that. That was an unprofitable venture which lasted six years. When they stopped, we stopped. Uh, either we uh, closed down or or try uh, to adapt to the way that the media market is, is uh, changing. The one thing about business and economic news, particularly if you overlay it with a bit of political economy perspective, is that um, there is a... Uh, a readership for that which is hungry for good, uh, reliable stuff which also has the capacity to pay for it. Mm. So some of it has been down the years nuts and bolts sort of business finance yeah. type reporting and corporate stuff, but also people would have read your own commentaries, even long pieces in The Listener, authored by you, for example. Now that you're trying to get the money directly from the customers, how is this going to change the journalism? We used to talk about incoming which was the incoming news that we had to deal with as it hit our inboxes. That's We've got to change that completely. We need to be setting the news agenda much more, being much more judicious about what we choose to cover. And when we do cover, as we will continue to do, NZX-listed news, what the Reserve Bank's doing, budgets and so forth, it's about taking a much more judicious approach to what we decide to cover and how we decide to cover it. So I, I've sort of been thinking a bit lately, uh, this is over, oversimplifying it, but, you know, that... that uh, Ice cream ad, no more boring bits. <laughs> a journal of record is one thing. Filling in the gaps for other publishers doing interesting stuff is another thing. Uh, we need to be now that publisher doing the interesting stuff. There are other outfits, of course, in this field of business journalism. So the news publishers, the Herald and, and stuff, they've both got substantial business teams. I mean, RNZ has one too. The NBR as a publication has existed for quite some time covering that territory. We have interest.co.nz online as well. What is it that Business Desk would offer to these paying customers that the others either don't or, or can't? I think it would be arrogant to suggest that uh, the others don't or can't do the, the sorts of things that we also aspire to do. I think what we would want to be doing those to, is to make ourselves essential. We think less about the competition and more about what it is that, what is it that we would 
uh, aspire to be as a news service, which would mean that people who want to know what's going on in the New Zealand economy and political economy can't do without us. Uh, And experience. The key thing for us is uh, we will always bring on new journalists, but we have a very experienced team to bring insight and uh, breaking news uh, to a much greater extent. As a, for instance, you have, I think, Gavin Evans? Yes. Uh, as a specialist in energy. Uh, so I've been reading his stuff about the TY Point dispute um, yeah. and uh, all the issues around that. Is that an example of where you've got one journalist with a real specialism in an important deep, field? Deep understanding of, of energy resources, climate change policy. Uh, Jenny Ruth, you know, 2018 New Zealand Shareholders Association Business Journalist of the Year, one of the toughest nuts in the business, basically, you know, really knows his stuff. You know, I've been around forever. <laughs> Paul Macbeth, uh, 10 years under his belt with us, or 12 years now under his belt with us, uh, just... The Herald this week, or, or NZME, its owner, said that 21,000 people are now paying for digital subscriptions to uh, its its a premium offering online. Is that an encouraging number for you, or are you thinking, oh, well, bugger, they've harnessed the, the people who are likely to pay? That's my customers. <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm, I, I regard that as encouraging. I mean, that basically, it's quite clear that the news industry will fall into two camps. There'll be the stuff that's free, and there'll be the stuff that people pay for. And the stuff that people pay for will tend to be, I suspect, for a start at least, will be tend to be niche, uh, standing or falling on its capacity to really inform the target market in a way which uh, general media tends not to be able to do. But, but the Herald's offering is broader than just business, and Much it's more. cheaper than yours. You've also got the National Business Review, which has been around for a long time. That's now heavily into this online space, trying to move people away from its, its print edition. I'm very edition. much a pioneer in that space, yeah. Yeah. Is this town big enough for the both of you, trying to get subscribers for an online product? I worry about what we're doing rather than what other people are doing. Put it this way, I do hope that there's room for both of us because, you know, some great journalists in NBR. What have we got? Strongly growing economy, a fast-growing population, uh, and a whole generation of people who either can't afford or struggle to afford a house but have, have large and growing KiwiSaver balances who are taking a significantly greater interest um, at a younger age in what investment markets are doing. So I think that the, the whole pool of people interested in at least in investment markets is growing substantially. And I, you know, I see that amongst my own adult children, just a, a, a desire to get better information. And I, I think so I think the market is growing, so I don't, I don't worry about that too much. Maybe the issue that, that we'll all face, um, those of us seeking subscription income, is, is subscription fatigue. Because as people uh, accept that paying for the good stuff is is inevitable, mm-hmm. they'll then have to decide which of the good stuff. And it's not just in news. You know, you paying you might be paying for, you know, what do I pay for? The Financial Times, New York Times, because and uh, used to get the Economist. Just stopped doing that. It's too expensive. Um, and uh, I also pay for Netflix. I pay for Spotify. Pay for Lightbox. Uh, you know all these different forms of media that that uh, take a little bit of chunk of change each month. So that again is the challenge for us. We need to be priced right that people will keep us in their consideration set, and we have to then deliver what makes them want to keep paying that. And Patrick, you've done a lot of things in your career in and around the media. And I can remember years ago you worked for I think Contact Energy, That's right. and uh, we spoke uh, for this program years ago. 
and there was a campaign running, I think, with an animated kereru, and it was encouraging people to think about their energy options and so on. And I remember saying to you at the time, so this is a very sophisticated PR operation, softening people up for um, years of power price rises to come, isn't it? And you said, uh, well, yes, uh, which I thought <laughs> was uh, quite a, a blunt answer. We didn't expect from a, um, you know the, the, the comms guy from a, from a major energy company. Um, but you've come one of few, I guess, to go into political uh, work as press secretary for Roger Douglas yep. years ago, um, yep. back into journalism, one of very few people to come back into it. Uh, why did you come back to journalism? Uh, well, this time around it was actually uh, kind of accidental um, in the sense that uh, I'd, I'd left Contact Energy and was uh, going to set myself up as a consultant in my own right and was really crap at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and uh, a friend of, of mine... Uh, who also thought it seemed like that might be quite fun, but it also had been a, a, a business journalist. We we just sort of fell into it, and for the first few months, our main um, it's Jonathan Underhill. Underhill, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Our, our main metric was staying married. So you know, as long as our, our uh, partners were prepared to put up with the pathetic incomes that we were ringing in, we would keep it keep it going. And and uh, you know, that's that's meant that we've been willing to uh, take risks, change the business model two or three times. I think we're under at least our third iteration of, of what Business Desk is uh, is based on as a, as a business idea. Um, and uh, it's sort of temperamental, to be honest, Colin. I mean, you go back to the contact experience. Um, to be frank, I ended up uh, as head of brand at Contact. Uh, loved it. Great people to work with. Um, felt we were making a lot of progress uh, both on the customer side of the business and on the, the generation side of the business. You, know, you put engineers and call centres together and, and they don't necessarily, they could be oil and water. <laughs> um, change of CEO, complete change of culture, a realisation over a period of months, year even, probably should have left a lot earlier than I did, uh, that actually brand in a corporate environment is so incredibly tied up with the um, values of the chief executive, particularly, that um, all the efforts you can make in that area can be undone in seconds Mm -hmm. by the wrong person coming in. So maybe the, the view would be that I was the wrong person doing what I was doing, but I just thought, I can't do this anymore. Uh, and uh, it was actually a relief in a funny way to fall back into journalism, and it's just kind of where I feel more naturally at home. Well, you say you were crap at being a consultant back then, but um, yep. you've, you've got another business as well, this uh, outfit called the Hugo Group, yep. uh, where it looks like you... you uh, it's not a consultancy, though. No, but you meet with CEOs. Um, you do briefings with them, from what I can gather. There's uh, former economists and even a former Reserve Bank Chair, yeah, yeah. Uh, who are in this with you? Um, so, but is this how does this twin up with the journalism? If you're meeting kind of privately and um, you know for hire, I guess for, from people in business, and yet you're running a journalism operation. Yeah, it's, as well. an, it's an unfortunate uh, set of misconceptions there, Colin, about okay. what the what the uh, Hugo Group is. I, I think you think I think of it as very narrow cast journalism. Uh, we do. Uh, we run breakfasts. Uh, we're basically it's sort of an events company with a newsletter attached is how I think of it. Uh, the membership is by chief executive. Uh, we favour um, institutions and corporations of scale. Uh, and we uh, bring and put in front of them people who are, well, mainly politicians to be honest, who uh, then are able to brief them in a Chatham House rural environment. 
which means that um, you can have a frank discussion, basically. Most of the time I just sit there and listen. Uh, the one thing that I can't do is then go racing out of it and say, I heard all this at the Hugo Group, but um, everything I hear at the Hugo Group informs my journalism. Um, we don't advocate for anybody. Uh, we uh, have guests from across the political spectrum. Uh, and the Hugo Group news- newsletter, uh, if you can get your hands on it, I think you'd find that uh, you know some some weeks I think, oh, I'm probably going to lose a member out of this. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. If you're yeah. reporting uh, you bluntly do... on these organisations, you but might lose you them as clients for the other yeah. business. But if, but, if, but if you don't, no, well, no, it's no more, I don't, don't mind losing them as clients for the other business, losing them as clients for the Hugo Group. You know, they'll say, what? Um, but if you don't do that, then you lose your credibility. Mm. So uh, you've got to be able to call it as you see it and... Uh, the, all the other members need to see that you're going to do that because if you don't, then you, you know, as I say, you, you lose the integrity of the process, which is, uh, to me, is journalism. The two, the two businesses knit together beautifully in this, and, in fact, you know, in a perfect world, I'd put them together. But, well, could you, though? I mean, for example, on the website, and this isn't hidden, it's all out there on the mm. website, um, Hugo Group panel members are available for brief consultations by phone for an additional fee, special briefings to individual members to add value to a board meeting or strategic planning or something yeah, like that. things like, what do you think is going to happen in the, in the election this year, or how does the economy look to you? It's not... But can, can you, on the one hand cover them as journalists and direct your journalists at uh, Business Desk to do that. And these same individuals might be ringing you individually for uh, an, a sort of off-the-record, private, and for-money uh, information. But they wouldn't get anything different from me than they would get from a Business Desk column. Uh, they, I might have to spend quite a bit of time on it to, you know, to do a deeper dive on, on it. But they're not asking for advice on... Uh, on how to deal with an issue, which is what I, you know, someone goes to a corporate comms person for. The kind, and to be honest with you, we don't get a lot of. Actual, you know, we say that we'll do that, but uh, we don't often get asked. But but that, that's that's not really the point. But um, you know, it's we're two or three people who've been around the traps for a hell of a long time, and sometimes CEOs want just want to say, well, "What do you think's What do you think's going on here?" Um, you know, uh, sort of thing that happens often informally in any case. Well, I'm, it's sort of thing that happens formally quite yeah. a lot with other journalists as well. And there are, there are uh, numerous uh, occasions on which journalists are asked uh, whether they would go and speak to your know, uh, senior partners at a law firm or um, accounting firm or a major corporate. All they're being asked to give is their view, uh, and if. Uh, and they will get paid for that. Mm. And, uh, and there's major if, projects if that, like the Herald Mood of the Boardroom thing every year where those are based around events as well as publications. And yeah, and I think events are, are going to be a big part of the way that journalism develops in the future as well, that um, you know, you've got to sort of sp- spread the number of ways. You know, it's a commercial operation, so you've got to spread the number of ways that you can uh, engage with, uh, extract revenue from, and um, provide value for the people that you are trying to uh, attract to your brand and keep them there. And so you had an event in Auckland this week where um, you were pushing the subscriptions. Um, you had Paul Goldsmith from National and Grant Robertson, Finance Minister, speaking at your do. So what do you do, lock the doors and only let them out one by one once they've signed a paper and signed up? <laughs> what do you do, just gently lean on them to take a subscription or just oh, just, just place just, the idea in front of them? Well, you know, the, re- the reality with Business Desk is that we chose a very generic name for a 
what was a generic service. And uh, the strategy was entirely to sell the same news to as many people as possible and hope that nobody would notice. Because you cannot make money as a journalist in New Zealand, a freelance journalist, uh, just selling one piece of copy to one uh, outlet. It's just, I mean, it's, well, the rate has been 50 cents a word since about 1990. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no inflation adjustments. It's a ridiculous industry to be part of in that regard. I mean, it's just, it's. Sometimes it feels like it just keeps going backwards. The, the only thing that's been great about Business Desk is that at least we've mastered our own destiny and, and you know, it allows us to be optimistic. The idea with the launch in Auckland was as much as anything in the, in the billboards and the towing the sign around behind the Rolls-Royce and so forth. That, that's all about just getting people to understand that Business Desk is there as a consumer product as opposed to what we've been in the past, which is a, um, a wire product. Uh, so it's just part of the journey, part of the part of the process of creating a creating a brand, wholesale to retail. Yeah, almost. in effect. That was Patrick Smelly, editor and co-founder of Business Desk, an online business news outlet that's now a subscription service selling individual and company subscriptions.